morning, everybody, and welcome to Living Astrology with Janet Hickox. It's time to grab your cup of coffee or tea. I have my grateful cup this morning. Sit back and relax while we talk about what is happening up in the stars above for the week ahead, which will be the third full week of September, if you can believe it. It just seems like the, only yesterday I was saying, oh, hey, it's September 1st. Um, yeah. But the months, they fly by, don't they? Uh, I hope everybody had a good weekend. It was a busy weekend around here. We uh, yesterday moved our nephew and niece and my brother-in-law and sister-in-law into a new house and cleared out their uh, storage unit, two homes being built or put into one. It was an amazing day and we had such a great time. Um, two families coming together to uh, the benefit of other family members just felt right. And it was a beautiful day, thankfully, for moving, no rain, <laughs> and it wasn't hot. So it was perfect. It was a long day, but we got through it. I had uh, over five miles of steps on my Fitbit by about three o'clock yesterday afternoon. <laughs> kind of crazy. Uh, but it is good to be here this morning. And we have, you know, what I thought was going to be not a lot to talk about, uh, because the week itself isn't that crazy. Uh, we have, of course, the moon moved into Scorpio uh, last night, last night, if you're on the West Coast, early this morning, if you are on the East Coast. So we have that to talk about. The sun is dancing this week with the outer planets, which means we are both personally and collectively impacted by the energies. One is the sun in an opposition to Virgo, or to Virgo, oh my gosh, the sun in Virgo in an opposition to Neptune in Pisces. And then we also have the sun in a trine to Pluto in Capricorn. So I want to break that down for you. The biggest news of the week is the move of the sun into zero Libra, also known as the autumn equinox in the northern hemisphere and the spring equinox if you are below the equator. And that always signals a time where energies shift. In fact, we do charts for the seasons, right? Or at least I do. A lot of astrologers do. And it gives us insight into what to expect for the three months of the season moving forward. So while there's a lot we can't talk about in just one sitting about the month or the three months ahead, we can get sort of a feel for what it is that we're working with uh, as we go forward. And I thought it was interesting as I looked at the chart for uh, the the equinox, there are some distinct patterns that pop up, as well as the sun in quite a few squares, which are challenges as we move into that autumn equinox time. But first today, let's start with the moon in Scorpio. I had a friend this morning reach out and say, what time did the moon move into Scorpio last night? And I said, for us on the West Coast, it was 9.58 p.m. and she's like I knew it she just felt it deep within her emotionally and uh, she began to be triggered in a different way from a situation that had happened earlier in the day and it was almost like some subtle healing was taking place and it's 
it's interesting because I often overlook the healing aspect of Scorpio, me personally. Now, most astrologers will tell you that there is always that that Scorpio energy does have healing uh, as a part of its pantheon. It's also transformation, death and rebirth, right? That energy of the old decaying, moving away, while the new fresh is ready to be birthed. So this transformational energy, but it also has huge healing energy associated with it. So the moon, of course, transits Scorpio about once a month for two to three days, depending on where we are in the uh, year. And it brings a surge of that emotional intensity to us and the depth to our feelings. So if you're feeling more emotional, or if you're feeling uh, more vulnerable, even uh, emotionally at this point in time, there's a reason, right? The moon moved into a water sign, which takes us deeper into the emotions. It takes us into Scorpio energy, which is deep water, right? Deeper water energy. It's a water sign that rules transformation, as I said, but also secrets, but also power and passion right? The passion that we have to do what we love, to be in relationship with those we love, power in terms of Scorpio uh, being a sign that when it's in its self-mastery is probably one of the most powerful centered signs of all, right? It has very high experience of uh, being empowered and also then using power as a way to help others become empowered or helping others to heal. So when the moon is in Scorpio, we may experience the heightened intuition and psychic ability because it also is a water sign that brings that to the surface. Um, We may also find that we have a desire to uncover hidden truths. And it was funny because when I was talking to this friend this morning, we automatically launched into a sort of uh, digging up of the reasons that might be hidden from her uh, in terms of what was happening in her life at this moment in time. It was kind of interesting to just watch that happen, right? Uncover what's under the surface, moon and Scorpio moving us to kind of dig deeper and look beneath the carpet, right? And see what's, what's, what are, what's there besides the dust bunnies under the carpet. Um, So it is a good time for us to explore our shadow side, to heal our wounds, mortal wounds, right? The physical ones, as well as the invisible ones, the soul wounds, you might say, um, but also to release what no longer serves us. Scorpio is a sign that does tend to hold on to baggage, and the baggage is typically of the emotional, grievance, revengeful sort jealous sort. They're the 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 less pretty um, emotions that we feel that, you know, are triggered by our relationship. Scorpio is a sign of bonding, merging energies between people. And relationship is another word we could use here, the deeper bonding, merging energies of relationship. This is why sex is also a part of the energy of Scorpio. It's that bringing together and the 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 merging of of energies, physical, mental, emotional, and even psychic energies. 
So it is a time for us to release any of the baggage that's been built up in the emotional field, the physical field, the mental or the psychic field from the experiences that you've had living your life being in relationships, right? To recognize what you can no longer take forward with you. What do I have to let go of? If I want to be free, if I want to have the most loving relationships, if I want to have the most fulfilling career and health and financial picture, what do I have to release? Is there an old belief that's ruling the roost? Is there an unconscious pattern that I need to focus uh, my energy toward to see what it is I can bring up from that underneath the surface thing and let it go, right? Release it. In the body, it's interesting because Scorpio not only rules the uh, organs, uh, the sex organs for both men and women, but also the elimination system. And when our el elimination system gets backed up, we call it constipation. When our elimination system is too loose, then it's diarrhea. And we can have the, uh, the experience, let's say, in our uh, elimination system of what it is that we're either holding on to or on the other hand, what it is that we are letting go too loosely, too freely, too soon, right? So Scorpio brings up a whole lot of stuff like this. Um, it's also a good time to connect with your inner resources and to deepen the bonds with those people in your life that you trust, that you really have that connection to, uh, but also to regenerate your own energy. And that might mean that you need some more time alone, that you might need to be able to be in a restorative state where maybe you're withdrawing a bit from uh, those around you so that you can rebuild and restore and rejuvenate your own self, right? You might need to take and do some breathing exercises. You might need to involve yourself in some physical exercise, um, but it is primarily a time for us to regenerate our own energies, our own um, source of power, if you will. Um, so it, when I said it was a good time to explore your shadow side, it is also a good time to check in with your guidance system. Every one of us has come to the planet with a whole uh, coterie of guides, right? Spirit guides. Most people have between four and six spirit guides. One that came with you from birth and others that you in quotes, hired as time went on, as you became more uh, mature and needed to make more choices in your life, those guides come along at those times. You, you essentially as a soul have hired them, if you will, to be your guides, right? To guide you as you need to make more and more complex choices in your life. So it's a really good time to have a spirit guide reading. And that is one of the newer things that I am offering right now to you. I realized one day a couple of weeks ago that I wasn't really using my full potential in readings. Unconsciously, yes. But one of my fullest potentials from the sun in my own human design is the ability to channel divine transference, it's called, right? Just being able to tap in and bring in the wisdom from the divine. And that means that my divine self can have a conversation with your divine self, i.e. my guides to your guides, and we can bring in 
this information that can help guide you to the highest and best expression of you in your life. And we start that by profiling who are your guides? How do they show up for you? Right? I know that one of my guides is around when I start to smell things like vanilla. Or I always thought of it as, am I smelling some sort of um, like uh, incense smell, vanilla, cherry, kind of sweet smelling smell? That's one of my guides trying to get my attention. Uh, I have another guide who's kind of obnoxious and likes to kick me. Like I got kicked out of a meditation one time by a little boy guide. Now, that's just how he showed up to me. Um, He's certainly not a guy, a kid, right? We're talking spirit guide. Uh, but it's such a fascinating uh, thing to look at and then helps you understand how is it they try to get a hold of you? Do they send you symbols? Do they send you things in your dreams? Do Are they sense? Are they uh, some kind of touch that you might feel prickles down the back of your neck, that type of thing? So we go through all of that in a spirit guide profile reading, as well as me being able to bring in a message from each of those guides to help you from where you stand today to where it is you might want to be um, tomorrow, right? Where do you want to go? Perfect timing to have the moon in Scorpio because this is the kind of work that really benefits when the moon is moving through that particular sign. Now, in your human design, the moon today uh, and tomorrow, while it's moving through the sign of Scorpio, begins to move through the last two gates of fear in your human design. Remember on Friday, I said, uh, as the moon was moving into Libra for the weekend, that the moon begins to move through the spleen center of your human design. And the spleen center is the center for time, intuition, survival, and success as a species, i.e. survival. But it can also be a place where we find huge success and the ability to thrive and to flourish in our lives. So the only thing that stands between thriving and flourishing is fear. And the fear that the moon might be triggering today is about the deep existential question of the meaning and purpose of life, right? So if you woke up this morning wondering, is it all worth it? Uh, what am I doing? What I'm designed to be doing? Am I here? You know, am, am I missing something uh, about what I'm here to do? The moon at the gate 28 on the spleen center in your human design could be the reason why you are experiencing that. Um, when we get this, when we have this gate activated by the moon, we may feel a strong urge to um, find our true calling, to connect with our true selves, uh, to connect with our higher self, right? The part of us that is always with us, but feels to us sometimes like we are not connected or not connecting. And the reason why we might want to be doing that, the, the underlying reason, is because we want to make an impact on the world. Every one of us has a feeling at times about, well, if, well, if I'm here to do XYZ, how do I make that impact? Who do I impact the most? Is it me and my family? Is it me and my community? Is it me and my greater, wider world? Is it me and the universe, right? Who am I here to impact and how do I do that? So making that significant impact um, become sort of a quest that each of us maybe, you know, 
kind of activated it within us over these next couple of days. And we may also struggle during this time with feelings of futility, like it's what's it all about? Is it really worth the ride, right? One more obstacle came up in my life yesterday and I'm like, oh, right? I just wanna move to Montana and live in the forest and not be around anybody. Seriously, right? These things come up. We feel that futility. We feel the doubt in ourselves. We feel the doubt that we're doing what we're here to do. We feel the doubt that we have any kind of impact on anybody else around us. And underneath it all is a fear of death, right? The moon in Scorpio, the moon at the gate 28 in Scorpio, a fear of death. And a lot of people go, well, I'm not afraid to die. Is that true? You might consciously think, oh, yeah, I'm not afraid to die. But there is a sort of fear that runs within us. It's it's in your DNA. It's, it's attributed to that survival instinct where you are often, we are all always triggered by things that feel like we might die, right? It's just a part of who we are. It signals to us that there's something more that needs to be done or that there's something more we need to be in the experience of being a human on the planet. So the challenge then is to overcome those fears so that we can live authentically, being our true selves, even if it means going against the norms in our life um, and the expectations of those around you, right? Your family, your friends, society, culture, always seems to have some sort of expectations on us to be or do certain things. But in this case, the gate 28 and Scorpio energy encourage us to be authentic, to live from our own passion, and not to succumb to doing things that make other people happy, that are uh, what other people want for us as, as opposed to what we want for ourselves. So we may be then drawn over this next day toward things that test our courage, that test our resilience in life, uh, and may have the opportunity for us to transform crises into opportunities. And you've got to remember from when our chat on Friday that the sun is in the gate of impact and the earth is in the gate of crises right now. So the sun and earth in our human design, the sun and earth and its transit through the, the final degrees of Virgo before the sun gets to Libra later this week are bringing up the places where we have become so entrenched in possible victim thinking or fear that we have to face a transformation, an upheaval, a crisis maybe. Now, later in the day today, the moon will also move into the gate 44, another gate of fear. This one is a gate that brings up the survival instinct by recognizing patterns. So this one's kind of interesting. The gate 44, also on the spleen center, moving out toward the will center or the heart center, has a pattern recognition tied to it. Now, pattern recognition in human design is also about the fear of the past repeating itself. So we start to see a pattern, right? And, uh, you know, um, I know Tom and Londa, who listens to us, and me, and a few other people that uh, we've talked to in the morning show, have the gate 44 
uh, activated in our human designs. It's our Pluto, right? It's our Pluto sitting there. And, uh, or is it, it's the design Pluto. And no, it's the conscious line Pluto. So inborn within us is this recognition of patterns. And when we start to see a pattern recognition, it triggers potential fear in us because what we think of as pattern might be the prelude to something that was more of a crisis or something that felt icky to us in the past. But the past doesn't always repeat itself in the same way, right? So we always have, to me, it always feels like a new choice point coming up. So today, later as the day goes on, you may be faced with a new choice point in your life, right? If you don't have the gate 44 normally, this will be new energy to you. And rather than succumbing to reenacting the past or bringing the past back up, what can you now choose consciously to feel, to do, or to be that would take you into new territory, right? That would be taking all the things that you've learned, all of your experiences, but moving them outward in a new way, right? In a way that doesn't cause the fear to be, you know, encrusted in you anymore. It's kind of like breaking up the pattern. Okay. So dissolving, if you will, the pattern. Now, this is a gate that is uh, also sometimes kind of plagued with gut feelings that uh, I always call it liquefying my guts when I feel this energy like something is creating a fear and you just feel those insides <laughs> start to liquefy i call it that it's that you know that gut feeling and you become more wary of what's going on in your life like the expectation is that the other shoe is going to drop or that all isn't well like the surface energy is saying one thing but you know deep underneath there's something else to it that's also part of the gate 44, that all is not what it seems, right? Scorpio energy, all is not what it seems. So let me dig deeper. Let me look under the rug, under the carpet and see what's there. So we become more attuned, if you will, to our intuition, to our gut feelings or our instincts. And that is what makes us more wary or more aware of the potential for some kind of threat or that some enemy of ours is nearby and i don't necessarily mean a person that's an enemy but it could be our own self-sabotaging behavior that we're getting ready to uh, participate in or something like that so this gate that the moon will be in later is a gate that helps us to learn from the past and to anticipate the future by noticing patterns and cycles and how they repeat in uh, in our lives. There's where power is, right? When you notice the cycle, when you notice that, oh, this is a pattern. This is a pattern I have had in my life before. This is what I did. Now, is this what I'm going to do this time? Or might I choose a different path, a different solution, a different way to move forward, right? We all get this opportunity. So it's really important then later in the day that we really come to uh, understand where we're stuck in fear or in paranoia or where we are dragging up the baggage of the past and anticipating then a future uh, with the similar theme from before. 
And then we can project our insecurities or our crises onto other people. So instead, use this transit, the final uh, gate of Scorpio energy to, uh, or of the fear energies anyway, to uh, open to new possibilities, trusting your gut, trusting your instincts, and acting on them when appropriate and in an appropriate way based on your human design, right? That would be your type and strategy, your authority, and acting from the role that you know that you are here to play on the planet. If you have no idea what I'm talking about, you can go to my website, living-astrology.com and look up some of the human design energy that is or uh, information that's on the site. So let me stop and say good morning to everybody before I head on. Good morning to Tom. We missed you on Friday. I missed you on Friday because Pia and Colin were surprisingly with me because I totally forgot it was the third Friday of the month and uh, it was good to have them. Christine, good morning to you. Joan Durchy, good morning to you. I hope you had a wonderful wedding and that you are as happy as you can be. Good morning to my husband in the other room who's joining me. Uh, Julie, good morning to you. Uh, Leslie Tankersley Arboleda. Uh, great to see you with us today. She says, making a great day in Colorado. Hope you're all doing the same wherever you are. And that's awesome. Uh, hello to Kaushik Mukherjee. Uh, I don't necessarily get to do readings on air during these broadcasts. Um, I don't know what it is that your question is, but maybe it's, I see several times that you put that information out there. Please don't send me your information. I don't, if you're going to get a reading, that's different. You can email me your information. Nargas, good morning to you. Asa, so good to have you with us. Sue McCarthy, good morning. Uh, Christine says that she has her 44, her line five moon in Scorpio and both sides, right? Your, is that right? Or, oh, north node, also your north node in Scorpio. Interesting, right? Because the north node somewhere around the time that you were uh, moving into your 40s would have struck up this conversation with you around the patterns that you were holding yourself to. And maybe uh, a, a, from a crisis, a, a something that was happening in your life, you are uh, were would have been attempting to move forward in a new way and to use the old patterns as sort of a, a template for well, what would I like? What would I like to take from the past as I move forward into a new intuitive uh, role in my life? So also with your moon there, you're in total resonance with everything that we were just talking about. Hmm. Good stuff, right? Now, um, the other things that are happening this week. So I said at the beginning this morning, it's kind of a quiet week until, you know, we get to uh, the uh, changeover of the season, which happens on Friday for those of us on the West Coast of the U.S. and also Alaska and Hawaii. Um, the uh, let's see, it will be the East Coast actually on the 23rd early in the morning is when the equinox occurs. It's something like 1158. Uh uh, 11.50 p.m. on the West Coast, 2.50 a.m. on the East Coast. So we straddle two different days for the equinox this year. Uh, I'm going to talk more about that at the end of the broadcast today if I have time. And, of course, we'll take that up on Friday 
uh, during the broadcast. Let me remind everybody before I move on to the uh, sun's dance with the outer planets this week, that Thursday at noon Pacific time, we are doing the uh, September Astro Design Meetup. And Kashik, if you have questions, that's a really good place for you to go to in order to get your questions answered because in Astro Design Meetup, you can bring your personal questions about your astrology, your human design, your gene keys, your galactic astrology, spirit guides, anything that you have questions about, you can bring that to that particular uh, meeting. And we go from 12 to usually about 2 or 2.30, maybe 3 once in a while, depends, because I kind of stay until everybody's questions are answered. And you do have to sign up for that. Let me get the link for that uh, right now so that people can um, go there. Uh, I've sent a few emails out um, for that. Let's see. That will be um, copy. Here we go. So you have to register for it. It's free. You don't have to pay, but you must register just so that I can tell how many people will be there and that type of thing. So I've just posted that. I'm going to bring it up on the link here. I know it's kind of a long uh, link, but there you have it. So register to participate. Bring your questions there and I will be happy to answer them. And again, I stay until the last person gets their questions answered. All right, now let's move on to the sun's dance with these outer planets this week. We have two things that the sun is doing uh, day, at, uh, they're back to back, one on the 19th and one on the 20th. The sun in Virgo, the first one is in opposing or an opposing position to Neptune in Pisces. So this is a transit by the sun that can kind of cloud our perception. So it makes things more confused or we may feel deceived in some way. Um, there's disillusionment. Um, so we may have become deceived or feel like we've been deceived. We may be confused or something could have caused us to feel disillusioned. And that can make un us feel unsure of ourselves. Uh, we may feel unsure of our goals, of our relationships. Did I do the right thing? Did I should I have done something a different way? We start to question <laughs> ourselves in a big way uh, when the sun opposes Neptune. This is not a good time then to make big, important decisions because you're not clear, right? There's a few days here. It's not a good time perhaps to sign big contracts or if you are in a position to sign big contracts, eyes wide open, right? Mm. I'm really paying attention. I'm reading, I'm reading, I'm reading, I'm rereading. I'm asking questions if I'm not clear. Trust your intuition though. Trust your gut. If your gut is overriding your mind, your mind saying, I'm suspicious, but your instinct, your gut is like, mm, yeah, all is well. Listen to that. But we also need to focus because the sun is in Virgo still. No matter how much we want to push it off into Libra right now, it's still in Virgo. <laughs> and in Virgo, we have to focus on being practical, realistic, grounded, right? Down to earth, you might say. It's an earth sign. So in that, we should avoid escapism, self-pity, victimization, right? Remember the axis Pisces and Virgo can sometimes be a place where we succumb to victimization, being a victim, right? Oh, woe is me, victim and martyr, right? We can toggle between the two of those. So it's a time for us to seek clarity and truth, 
but from reliable sources, right? Reliable sources and to be honest with yourself and others, right? The sun's focus is on the practical grounded while Neptune's focus is very empowered because he's in a sign that he rules is focused on the spirit, right? The, the, the unseen realm, right? The part of, of spirit, if you will. So also earth is at the same place, right? Earth and Neptune in a conjunction because the sun is in the opposite sign, right? So very interesting times. Now the earth and Neptune at gate 36, I have a hair sitting here on my lip. It's driving me crazy. Stuck to my lip. Uh, so people, what we might be experiencing is a little bit of chaos and instability in our lives because of this. There's sort of this feeling of, you know, the ball is uh, up in the air. It's not really settled. So the 36 on the emotional center, right? So Neptune and Earth, both at the gate 36 on the emotional center, can also trigger fear of chaos or the fear of uh things that test our limits or force us to adapt and evolve in new and interesting ways, right? So I was thinking about this this morning as I was getting ready for the, the broadcast where, um, you know, part a good chunk of my family just moved, right? They moved from their homes and into together, right? They moved from two separate homes into one home. And what kind of fear does that engender for people they say that in terms of stress, moving is in like the top three of the things that we feel that trigger the most fear in our lives. So interesting, right? Moving. And it is that kind of energy that we're facing right now with both the Earth and Neptune is we must change because we things aren't working the way that we thought they would work or that there's something here that's telling us that we, maybe it's about complexity, too, too complex, and we're trying to simplify. We're trying to be more, um, uh, less in being less complex, we're also being more practical, more grounded, right? That's what this is all about. Um, but we might also, in some ways, attract crises into our lives um, consciously or unconsciously, right? A lot of this stuff happens unconsciously. We're not really aware uh, that we have attracted this to us, um, but it, it's about learning to expand our awareness of what does this mean to us in the end? Uh, how can I use my intuition or my gut instinct to overcome anything, right? Anything and everything that gets thrown at me at this time. The gate 36 where Neptune and the earth is are also very creative energies. So we are innovative in this place. This is um, sometimes very restless energy and it can also feel like boredom. And what it triggers in us is a want or a need to leap out <laughs> or in to things, right? And in the leaping, sometimes we're leaping into or out of things without really following our strategy in our human design, um, we're leaping out of the fire, but into the frying pan, right? Or from the frying pan into the fire, however that saying goes, where because we didn't, you know, hold space for clarity to come, we leaped into something that could be far worse, 
right? And we find that we need to leap back out or in to something else. So hold space for clarity. Hold space for emotional clarity, especially. Now, 50% of you out there are not emotionally defined in your human design, and the other 50% of you are. If you are emotionally defined, your whole decision-making comes from waiting for emotional clarity. Those of you who do not have that design or have the emotional center defined, if you have it defined, it's kind of a brown, gold, tan color in your human design. If it's open, uh, it is white, right? There's no color in it. And you are someone that is meant to be more spontaneous, but you can become impacted by other people's emotions. So for you, you might be, you know, being succumbing to somebody else's emotional energy, even though you were pretty clear in the moment. So be careful about emotional energy, right? There's a lot of emotional energy this week with the moon in Scorpio for the next day or two, with uh, Neptune in Pisces opposing the sun. Um, and uh, we also have other planets that are sitting there in uh, Pisces. We have Saturn, the biggie, right? He's in retrograde, moving back over territory he's already been in in our lives, forcing us to really reevaluate uh, our spiritual connections, our connection to fear, our connection to um, victim energy. Remember the very beginning in March when he moved into Pisces, we were talking about bringing down walls and the biggest walls that we construct in our lives are fear, around fear. I'm afraid I'm going to die. I'm afraid I'm going to fail. I'm afraid I'm not going to be adequate enough or it's not a perfect time. It's not a perfect place. These are the things that we get to work through right now, right? Letting these fears go. So inviting innovation into your life, right? Inviting a new way of being, a new way of looking. But this can also be a time of anxiety and stress. It's huge, right? but don't buy into the anxiety or the stress. Take up something that brings you calmness, right? It might be um, aromatherapy. It could be some form of exercise. It could be some creative expression. Don't buy into the anxiety and the stress. It's important for us uh, with this to find inner guidance and intuition, right? Gut instinct, tapping into it. But if you are emotionally defined, tap into your emotional energy. And then, of course, remember the gate six is the gate of impact, right? It's a gate that seeks intimacy and it can trigger emotional turmoil. It can and it can really trigger friction in your relationships with others uh, in your life, between you and your workmates, between you and your family, your friends, that type of thing but it's also a very sensitive, passionate, and creative energy. So finding creative ways to solve your problems. And all of that was about the sun in Virgo in opposition to Neptune in Pisces. And that is exact tomorrow, but we're already feeling it today. We were feeling it yesterday. And we'll have that tomorrow. And then we feel it all the way through the autumn equinox autumn north hemisphere spring equinox southern hemisphere so it is also an energy based on the template of autumn or of the equinox to be dealing with this even into the full 
uh, last three months of the year. Okay, it's there. It's there for us. Even if the exact um, aspect passes through, we see it in the chart of the season and therefore it's activated throughout the season. Okay. All right. Any questions about this? Let me take a look here. Um, ha, Pauline, I don't know. That is a weird thing. Good morning, Amanda. She said, I'm feeling, totally feeling this today. Scary stuff, which is the emotional center. Good question. Let me show my um, screen and um, we can look at a human design chart. So all of you should be seeing my screen right now. This is a human design chart. If you're not familiar with one, this is what it would look like, although you'd probably have more color on it. Right here, Amanda, this is the emotional center. It's called the solar plexus. So if you're looking at your chart face on, it is the lower right hand um, triangle that looks inward toward the sacral. And as you can see, it is highly activated at this moment. We have the sun sitting here at the gate six. We have Saturn sitting here at the gate 55. We went into this last week about abundance, right? It's a gate that is about our intrinsic ability to attract enoughness, right? We are not designed to be in just barely surviving energy. We are really here to be abundant, to have faith that everything works out for our highest and best. So that's Saturn. And then we have Earth and Neptune right now, at least for the next few days at the gate 30. Neptune for the rest of the year, but the Earth will only be here at this gate for the next couple of days. And then here I put this center um, defined because as we you know move forward into the equinox energy, this these are the two gates that the sun and earth will be at during the equinox. I'll come back to this uh, when we talk more about the equinox. Uh, but right now, this is the solar plexus and the center for emotions and creativity. And it is very heightened right now for everyone, right? So for example, if you didn't have any one of these three gates defined um, in your chart by birth, you have them defined now. So Amanda, you, this might be why you're feeling this extra strongly because you've got this definition here that you don't normally have. Or if you have these gates, one or both or three of them, um, defined by birth, then this adds a little level of intensity to it as now other planets uh, other than your birth planets are sitting at that particular series of gates. So, and those of you who have um, gates that might be on the root center that connect, so if you had the gate 39, that might connect to the 55 or the 59, that might connect to the six, or the 35 that might connect to the 36, or the six or the 36, you now suddenly have a full channel defined and this center turned on. So it could happen in several different ways. And I don't mean to confuse anybody here. If you are confused, ask a question in the chat or contact me personally to get that cleared up for yourself, right? Because, you know, primarily I'm speaking to a wider audience here 
um, but you might have questions about how to use this or how to understand this in the context of your own human design. And again, you could come on Thursday to the um, Astro Design Meetup and uh, find out the answers to those questions that you have. Okay, now let's look at the second thing that's happening with the sun this week, and that is its trine to Pluto. Now, trines by nature are a positive relationship between the two planets, right? So this means the sun in Virgo and the planet Pluto in uh, Capricorn are working well. They're in fellow elements, right? They are in Earth-like elements. So they work well together just by the nature of the signs that they are sitting in. And this is a very much powerful uh, kind of aspect and it brings transformation it brings healing and it brings empowerment into your life. Where did we hear this already today? The moon in Scorpio brings the same potential. And that's because Scorpio and Pluto, or I mean uh, Pluto is a planet that rules or co-rules Scorpio. So there you have it, right? There's this uh, commonality that happens between where our moon is right now and how the sun is aligning with the planet Pluto already happening, right? It's not exact yet. It will be exact on the 20th, which is on Wednesday, um, but it's already building and you're already feeling this. So this aspect or this coming together of the sun and Pluto can help us overcome obstacles and helps us to really be able to face our fears that are coming up. Right. It does kind of give us a little bit of ability to step back, to be a little more objective, perhaps, in the fears that we're feeling or in the challenges that we're experiencing in our lives so that we can become less emotionally reactive and more um, choosing, being responsible in how we make decisions. So it's a really cool thing that this is happening in the context of the other emotional stuff that's going on this week. We may feel more confident. We may feel more determination to pursue our goals or to stay in the course until we get to the end result. Uh, we may be more ambitious or feel more like, you know, we want to get this done. We want to get to where we want to go. But we can also experience a deeper connection to ourselves with our inner selves, but also with other people. And uh, we may also, interestingly enough, discover new facets of our personality or our identity that we have played down in the past. Right. Uh, in my conversation with a friend this morning, we were chatting about undeservingness, right, or low self-worth or low self-esteem. It was something that really underlies um, the challenge that she was experiencing. And as we were working through it, I went, is it possible that you settle for this situation in your life because you don't feel deserving of having it any other way? Right. So those kinds of things can come up. And while it's not a pleasant experience to come face to face with your fear or with your insecurities or your instabilities, it is so worth it to actually face them down and work through them. OK, take it. It's good for you to do this. Right. Um, we also have because this is Earth energy. Right. Earth energy here can help us enhance our our ability to be analytical, 
to be more organized in our thinking processes or in how we go about solving the problems in our lives, how we improve ourselves, uh, how we improve our environment. All these things are enhanced during this sun uh, trine Pluto. We might find ourselves actually attracted to those things that challenge us. <laughs> like, I've never done this before. Can I do this? And we put forth the effort and we find, wow, you know, the the bang for your buck by going through a fear, you know, acting in spite of the fear. It's an amazing experience, right? That catapults you to another level of evolution in your life. It's a growing experience like growth, right? In your life. And we can also become more aware of the hidden forces and patterns that have been shaping our lives and use them to our advantage, right? You can use, you can take that fear of success, let's say, and overcome that and find out what lies on the other side. You could take the fear of failure and dare to feed, to fail and see what lies on that other side. Like we, we just don't know if we don't try. So this is a time for you to try, 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 try to uh, new things and to let go of old patterns. All right. Uh, let's see here. Which one? Okay. I answered your question. JLo, good morning to you. Uh, Pauline, what is Pisces higher version of opposing Zodiac signs? So the higher version of Pisces is to be grounding in into the physical the Virgo on the opposite end, to remind ourselves that we're not just a physical being walking the planet, but we're also the embodied divine. So the as an embodiment of the divine, you are also a powerful co-creator of your experience. And what is it that you want to create? So that is that takes us into the highest. Good morning, Jana. It's great to see you out there this morning. And Amanda J., has emotional center defined, right? So you're broadcasting energy of emotion outward. And those people who have that open center, if you're around someone, they are picking up your emotional signals, right? And they can become more confused because they'll, they, without asking the question, is this mine? Is this my emotion? Is this my feeling? They can get lost in that emotion, right? So you're a broadcaster of emotion, which also means that you are emotionally defined. So when you make decisions, your decisions come with clarity over time, right? You have to keep asking yourself, is this correct for me? It does this make me happy? Is this right for me? Is this what I really want? Right? Don't forget that. Is this going to make me happy? Did you notice all those questions end with a uh, yes, uh-huh, or a no, uh-uh, right? I didn't ask you any open-ended questions there because I don't want you up in your head. I want you down in your emotional center so that you can feel the correct answer to those questions, right? Is this right for me? Does this make me happy? Is this what I truly want? Is this the correct next step for me? So you can ask any number of questions. Is this what I really want? Is this where I really want to live? Is this really what I want to do? Right? Is this in my highest and best? Any number of questions you can ask of the emotional center. And especially if you're a generator or manifesting generator, your body can be very helpful in getting to the yes or the no to that answer or the answer in the yes or the no to that question. All right. 
Uh, I hope that answered your questions. Uh, next, we're going to talk a little bit about the autumn equinox. So again, when we are looking at a new year, when we're looking at an event, when we are looking at uh, the entry uh, into a new season, we can draw up a chart for the time that that event is exact. So I drew up a chart for the autumn equinox. I drew it up in East Coast time uh, because that's where the capital of the United States is, but you can draw up this chart for wherever it is that you live. Um, and that occurs on the 23rd of September at 2.50 a.m. if you are on the East Coast. Now, for those of us on the West Coast, that means it will be 11.50 p.m. on the 22nd. And then, of course, if you're in Alaska or Hawaii, whatever your time zones are, you will also be on the 22nd. Um, anybody from Mountain Time East, you will be on the next day. It doesn't really matter. You're sleeping anyway, but you can connect with what the chart looks like based on the time it goes into zero Libra on uh, in your time zone. So the first, so what I always do when I, so here's the chart, let me just show it this way, right? So you can see I outlined some things because the first thing I'm always going to do when I look at a chart is I'm going to look at the patterns that jump out at me. So I see a trine and it's a grand trine because all three of the elements involved are fire, the same element, same thing, East equals a grand trine. And then this yod jumped out at me and the yod is pointed at the sun. Right. So that went that was like, woo, major call my attention because yods, we also call them the finger of God. They are very activated um, types of patterns. And what they do is they it's almost like being forced through or squeezed through the eye of a needle. Right. It's like a finger that's pointing. You must go this way. Um so what is that finger of God pointing us at? I think it's pointing us at the sun in, well, it is pointing at the sun in Libra at zero degrees of Libra, which tells us to bring in balance and harmony and peace. And we do that through cooperation, co uh, cooperation, collaboration, and co-creation with others around us. It has a very diplomatic and negotiation feel to it that our agreements and contracts that we've entered into with others can be renegotiated, right? If it's not in your best interest, then say what it is that would be in your best interest and then maybe strike up a, a an agreement, a, a negotiation with others. So one of the things that we're being asked to do in this case is to look at that, uh, look at life and some things in our lives as renegotiations, right? Renegotiating your position, even if you have to renegotiate with yourself around the things that you have assumed were, you know, the only things you could do or the only way that you could be, write a new contract, right? That is the opportunity. Now, the balancing point is between Saturn and the uh, North Node and also the midheaven of this chart. So I also have a feeling there are going to be attempts in our outer world, right? Because this is not a chart for a person. This is for the whole of the three months period of time that we call autumn in the northern hemisphere, spring in the southern hemisphere. I feel like there will be a lot of potential 
for negotiation and renegotiation and new agreements in our outer world. So in, in the governments that we have, in the different institutions that we're a part of, in the workplace, perhaps, and even in our interpersonal relationships, we don't escape this need to be able to rewrite these contracts, to renegotiate, bringing balance and harmony to things. But it's a challenge, right? A yacht is never easy. A yacht forces us to become more adaptable and flexible, to maybe be more willing to compromise, but without compromising ourselves, right? There's a fine line there, right? We want to be able to collaborate and co-create and cooperate, but sometimes that means that we have to come to some kind of harmony with others or balance in our lives. That's the biggest opportunity of these next three months. But guess what almost always happens? We get the opposite of that, right? So what we might see is a lot of infighting, a lot of, you know, tug of war going on in all of these institutions and in governments and your workplaces and in your families, etc. right? That force us to have to try to become flexible, to work things out in maybe new and more appropriate directions, new ways, okay? So while the highest here is to become adaptable and, and you know, innovative in terms of how we work together, likely that's not what we're going to see at first right? Likely what we're going to have to do is to consciously step into working things out in a way that, you know, brings more balance and harmony. Now, the Grand Trine is in fire. So all summer long, we had really a lot of fire energy. In fact, even in the fall uh, here, we have eight planets or points in fire signs. It's the highest one. The next highest is Earth, six points that I use that are in earth. So fire and earth are the biggies while air and water are really low in terms of the um, planetary placement. And in the highest, in terms of the mode, the way the planets operate is cardinal. So we have cardinal, we have fixed and we have mutable. Cardinal signs initiate, right? Cardinal energy is about stepping into something new. Uh, while fixed energy is about staying uh, the course, you know, being stable, and the mutable signs are all about being more fluid or more flexible. So we have cardinal fire as we move into this particular season. And that's very, cardinal fire is Aries. So it really spotlights the things that are going on in Aries. And we have Chiron in Aries. So we're healing the wounds, the wounds of our identity. So that's a big opportunity that we have going into this uh, season is, or this through the Equinox Gateway here, is about healing our identities, finding our true north, finding our authenticity, really being true to ourselves. That's the big one. Eris is also here in Aries uh, during this period of time, and she has been. That's nothing new, right? She stays in a sign for a very long time, right? She has a 500-year cycle. So divide 12 into uh, 500, and that will tell you how long she stays in a sign. Um, she's a disruptor. So she's also in there disrupting, right, where it is that we have not been true to ourselves. She might be bringing it smack dab into your face. We have the North Node 
in Aries. Remember that shift just occurred during the summer where we are now having to really face what is our truth? What is our identity? So we have a lot of things energetically that are really calling us to be our true selves, right? To live out your passion. And it it feels sometimes as I look at this energy, it feels a little self-serving. It feels selfish. So I want to characterize that better and as a reframing this as a way for you to bring out the being self-centered as a way to really live out your authentic self and then to serve Libra on the other side wants to serve in your capacity as your unique self, right? Not being the carbon copy of everyone around you, not doing what everybody else around you thinks you should do or should be, but to be your truth, right? Live out your truth. That's the highest and best of the North Node um, in a fire sign that is very powered during this period of time. Now, uh, the other uh, corner of the Grand Trine is in the Black Moon Lilith, and she's in Leo. And that is another sign of the ego, ego energy. And you know how we're always trying to, we don't want to be egoic, right? We don't want to be selfish. Um, but if you have a healthy ego, it is the part of you that is grounded in the physical world that is helping you take all the steps that you need to take to be the embodied truth. You, you have the ego, you might as well use it to your benefit in the service of you and not having it be in control of you. So that's our opportunity there. And the final corner is really at um, the galactic center. In, the hum in, in your uh, astrology, which sits about 26 to 27 degrees for almost everybody on the planet, because it moves only one degree every 72 years. So it's only, you know, going to be in a very small span of space. And the galactic center is really sort of this crossroads place of energies that are kind of coming in from all of the galaxies and into the solar system here, right? Into the Milky Way galaxy, if you will, and into our solar system, right? So that comprises our sun and our planets and all of the points that we use. And it's often a source of new energy. It's the source of higher vibrational energy. Now, when the sun is active, which the sun has been really interesting, it's been active, 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 quiet, quiet, Active, 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 quiet. So we have these opportunities where when the sun is active, it's kind of dispersing those gamma rays, cosmic rays, etc., and they don't make it all the way into the planet. But the next day, we might have the sun being very uber quiet, and those new energies can come in. So we might be getting this feeling of, you know, partial new idea, and then it gets cut off. And the next day or two days, three days later, new idea, you know, the next part comes. So becoming more authentic and living your truth is coming to us bit by bit, not all in one fell swoop. But every day we can take steps to live out the better, higher um, parts of ourselves, right? Bringing out our more truthful, uh, authentic existence. 
All right. I didn't even realize that it was after nine, y'all, but I got to go. Thank you so much for joining me this morning. If you have any questions about anything that we talked about today, don't hesitate to reach out. Thank you so much. Take care. I'll see you on Friday or see you on Thursday at Astro Design Meetup or Friday morning, eight o'clock here for the morning show. Thank you all. Take care. Do you wish you could better understand yourself and what is going on in the world? Well, grab your cup of coffee or tea and join the podcast Living Astrology with Janet Hickox for Astrology, Human Design, and Gene Keys Wisdom. Mondays and Fridays at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern. Podcasts are available on Spotify, iTunes, Google Play, and your other favorite outlets.